Welcome in to another edition of the Tavern and Keg Podcast, episode, episode 412. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom, Charlie here with you. Uh, got a good show today. We're going to talk about which Brewer player is must-watch, along with how we are having a lot of fun to start this season, as well as um, the little Brewer Cub kerfuffle, I guess you could say, in the last few days. Uh, we'll also talk about the Bucks and why the playoffs begin now, or do they? Um, kind of talk through just what's going on in the NBA and how the NBA is kind of hurting their product uh, as they head down the stretch here. And lastly, um, we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers fatigue because I think we all have it, um, and we'll we'll run through that and talk about basically how the media just keeps coming back to the same well. But yeah, first starting with the Brewers. And but before we even do any of that, Mitch, how are we doing? I am absolutely wonderful. I am well rested. Um, got eight plus hours of sleep both days last weekend. Don't, don't um, let you get hot. <laughs> uh, so, which is needed sometimes once, yeah. once in a blue moon where you just kind of rest, especially when you get up pretty early in the morning, it kind oh. of, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to balance everything. And, you know, once in a while, you just need to uh, get out of town and yeah. recharge the batteries a little bit and decompress and reset and every other word you can possibly use. And that's for what sure. I did. So for sure. I'm any ready no- to roll. Any notable mm-hmm. moments from Wausau um, when you were you were decompressing? No, I didn't hardly do anything. Um, that's fine. A little, little, bit, little bit of yard work. It's kind of getting to... Yeah, yeah. summer season and when and when uh when dad has a new house there's always stuff to you know always stuff to do he's always got projects and sure. we didn't do a whole lot but um it was kind of crappy weather wise yeah. never really rained that much it just was it was always kind of a threat oh yeah and you know it just was one of those deals but yeah um, no i hear you know, i hear you and you uh on the instagram i you just dropped a, a young, young Mitchell picture right in our faces. I mean, I can't imagine how many DM slides you got from that. I, I bet <laughs> just cute yeah, as a button. I, it was, I guess, yeah, my dad's 60th birthday was on Monday. And uh, I saw that picture around the, around the house. And it was, uh, I don't know, probably would have been like 1996-ish that picture was from, 97. I mean, dad had a just a beautiful mustache. And... Uh, you a bowl cut? Yeah, I was. I had a nice, great bowl cut, like a nice 1996, 97 bowl <laughs> cut. Um, yeah, perfect. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's great. Um, and you know, is you're smiling ha- hard, and how can you not smile about what the Milwaukee Brewers have done so far in the last few few games? Uh, winners of what their last? They've won six six out of seven. Six out of seven and maybe eight out of 10 or, or seven out of nine, something like that. I mean, they have been virtually untouchable. They're playing really good baseball. Um, they've won their last three series um, after losing their first series to the Minnesota Twins. And it's all been against their division rivals, the Cubs twice and the Cardinals once. And yeah. at, with- it, it helps when it helps when your starting pitching only gives up one run or less and, yeah. you know, six innings every start, you know, you're, the slow starting offense the Brewers typically have is, you know, the starting pitching is keeping them in every game. And it, it really, you know, the, the Brewers 
two aces. I, I, I don't know if I'd ever thought I'd say that. Two homegrown aces are, are just blooming in front of our faces. Oh, yeah. And that was kind of how this topic came up today because Corbin Burns was just shoving uh, and he was just dominating the Cubs. He struck pe- people out on, you know, every sort of pitch. He has four pitches, curveball, changeup, slider, fastball. Didn't matter. The Cubs couldn't hit him. He only allowed two hits. He struck out 10. He's the first pitcher since 1906 to have 30 strikeouts in his first three appearances. And I think no walks on top of that or not walks. That's uh, it runs. I think it's runs, but it's ridiculous. He's doing ridiculous. No, stuff. You were right. No walks. Oh, Jesus. That, I mean, that's, that's absurd. That's not even fair. And he's just been so hard to hit. It's been incredible to watch. And I've said, I said to people a couple of weeks ago, like you got to make time for Corbin Burns. And I asked you guys, like in our chat, like group chat we have is like, is he the must watch? Is he a must watch player? Like, is that the guy you do? And, and you push back on, you said, yeah, he's getting there, but you mentioned some other guys. And, you know, I think they're, we're kind of blessed. There are a lot of guys where you put that must watch tag on it. And before I let you jump in for the people, must watch just means like you make it a point to tune in. Now this could be, you don't have to watch the entire game. This is just, I'm going to spend this day or I'm going to at least tune in for this at bat to watch this guy. And that's sort of where, how we're defining the must watch. So who are some of your guys or who are the guys that you are like, all right, yeah, those are the must watch brewers at this point. Well, real quick, I have the burns, the exact record here Thank after you. striking Appreciate out 10 it. after striking out 10 batters with no walks and two hits and six scoreless innings against the cubs on wednesday retiring the last 10 men he faced burns is the only pitcher since 1901 to string together three straight outings of at least six innings or two or fewer base runners jesus that's from adam McCalvey. that's from his uh, game recap um so yeah, I mean the game on Wednesday was was the game itself on Wednesday was was much watch must watch TV. But I I still think that Yelich and Hader probably still have the more cachet, I guess, than than Woody and Burns do. Mm-hmm. But Corbin Burns, man, you know, as good as Woodruff has been, I almost feel like Corbin Burns is, is even better. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like Pitching Ninja on Twitter he loves Corbin Burns. That dude's always posting just the nasty cutters that he that he throws, and Burns is really really quickly turning into um, a bona fide ace. And I still think that Yelich, given the fact that he's an MVP, um, I know he's kind of struggled. He's been a little you know up and down so far to start the year, but I think he'll he'll turn it around. And then Hader just being electric. Josh Hader is is he, he doesn't pitch every day though, or like you don't know when he's gonna gonna come on necessarily so i mean burns you know every fifth day he's getting that ball and um he's been unbelievable to start the year and he was great last year as well in the 60 game and that's and that's that's carried over um i still think it's the elgin hater at the end of the day but those guys are right there and, and they are certainly fighting their way in that conversation it's a it's a good problem to have oh for sure and yeah i think christian elich is like any like when christian elich is on a hot streak and we haven't seen a, a real Christian Yelich hot streak since 2000. Right. But like when Christian Yelich is like hot, 
you like you do whatever you can to make sure you're watching every at bat because it's either leaving the yard or it's a double or it's a triple and he's just he's unconscious and he yeah. that's like that makes him the must watch like with hater i think there's something in the sense of he's coming in in a big moment no matter what it is like if you're even if you're playing the pirates and it's 3 to 2 but you battled your ass off to get to 3 to 2 like haters coming in to close the door and mm-hmm. you expect him to close the door. And that's, and that's the thing. And that's why we, we've talked about it. I think last week or the week prior about how like nothing is worse than a Josh hater slump because it's like, it just feels like it goes forever. He, the ball leaves the yard and it's like Superman sort of like losing his powers. And yeah, yep. hater has that like Superman ability and to bring it back to like Burns and Woodruff. And I agree with you that, I, if I had to like power rank like most watch pitchers right now, I like Brandon Woodruff, but I don't think Brandon Woodruff is as sexy as like a Corbin watching Corbin Burns no. or or Freddie Peralta. Like I, I I I'm tempering my expectations on Freddie, and I said that on the podcast a couple of days ago because I want to see it against someone that isn't the Cubs. But I I'm starting to get like I think Freddie is right up there too to get to like just enjoy the shit out of watching him because he just has a, he's a a full arsenal pitcher, not just a fastball guy anymore. Yeah. Freddie, Freddie is looking, looking like a stud. I I feel like um, between Burns and Woodruff, like (laughs) Woodruff, I guess is, is not as sexy, but he's probably the better pitcher. He's sort of the more, he's a more polished pitcher. He's more polished, more reliable. But Burns is kind of like the – he's like the Tim Linscombe to like a Matt Cain from the Giants okay. back in the like, day like where that. it's like – Okay, yeah. Where it's like everybody knows Linscombe. He's got the he's got the funky delivery, the electric stuff, like the great changeup back in the day. And Burns mm-hmm. has, you know, probably the better, the better go-to pitch than Woodruff does. But Woodruff is probably just a little bit more polished and, and reliable. I think he's a little bit older too. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know – that's to be expected and Burns I'm sure is on pace to um, get to that point as well. But yeah, I mean, that, that just seems like Burns is, is, you know, the sexier guy than, than Woodruff, but they're both, you know, it's just the starting rotation. I mean, even Hauser and Anderson have gotten into the action. I mean, Hauser was really good over the weekend against St. Louis. Yeah. Um, I still don't trust Brett, Brett Anderson at all. No. Um, but you know, you, you're not going to have five aces. No. And, no. and Freddie, Freddie has looked, I was very impressed on Monday night by Freddie Peralta. I mean, that was, you know, the Cubs offense is, you know, notably down right now. Um, but still, they're just they're just keeping the keeping the train moving, and um, it's just it's it's got to be a competition in that clubhouse with those guys just oh, no, trying no. to. Nobody wants to give up give up a run at all. Yeah, and the slide piece that Freddie is bringing out now is just, I mean. It's incredible. It watching that sort of that slider develop and him being able to paint the corners and just the maturity alone has been something to marvel at with Peralta. And it's been a lot of fun uh, for these first couple starts. And it's just, it's amazing. Like for Freddie, how much difference it can make to have like, instead of like one and a half plus pitches to have like two and a half or three plus pitches just how much difference that can make as a starter and and council said i think all spring like 
Freddie's ready for this. I mean, he's, he's 24 now. He's been in the league. He came up really, really young. I mean, he came up at 21, which is like, I mean, that's a puppy in baseball years. I mean, that's just, I don't know how much minor league experience he actually had. Couldn't have been a lot, but, um, and, and, you know, that contract that they gave Freddie Peralta is going to look pretty good here. Probably. Um, certainly this year and probably next year. I, I don't know. He signed like a, what, a six-year deal or something? Yeah, David Stearns. I mean, David Stearns is the GOAT. I mean, people like to give David Stearns a hard time. I wouldn't say he's the GOAT, but he people give him a hard time, and Stearns saw that. Stearns kind of sniffed out that Freddie Peralta could be something really special. And, yeah, it's it's a great deal. He, had a, he signed a five-year, $15 million deal, uh, and the Brewers have Freddie locked up till – Two, they have club option in 2025 at that same contract. They're paying him only a million dollars this year. Incredible wow. value. Incredible value for what Peralta has brought thus far. And yeah, I, I think also too, like the thing that's cool about like a must watch sort of tag is like there are certain players who have like hot streaks. Like Travis Shaw right now is as must, must, must watch as it gets. And you can make the argument that the Brewers offense has been able to sustain the Yelich injury and now Lorenzo Cain because Travis Shaw is, is really hitting the ball. Well, same with Avi Garcia. And I think that sometimes that's all you need is one or two guys to be able to kind of strap the team on your back. You know, Shaw had the RBI single and then he hit the home run and that kind of propelled everything. And then they had the beginning again in the sixth Shelby Miller could not find the plate to save his soul. I can't believe Shelby Miller is playing in the big leagues, but I know, I know the Cubs right now are dealing with some cocoa issues. So that's part of the reason their bullpen is a, is a disaster, but it seems like the Brewers have been able to kind of transition out of the must watch stuff. It seems like the Brewers have been able to just kind of put together these big innings, which we didn't see a lot of last year. And they're, they just keep sort of coming at you, which is just such a welcome sight to see. Yeah. Um, and I texted you today that, you know, they seem to be doing it with more small ball. Yeah. I know Shaw had the home run on Wednesday to get things started in the first, in the first inning. Um, no, it was, in the just, sec- it was in the second. He had this RBI single in the first. It was the second in, or the second at bat. He got it. But that even, I mean, that wasn't even a home run. That home run was like, he stuck his bat out. I mean, it was, he got, not saying he got lucky, but he was just trying to hit the ball the other way and it just carried. So, I mean, it, it would have been a double otherwise. Yeah. I mean, but either way, it seems like they're they're just not as reliant on the home run ball as they nope. have been in years past. And I mean, maybe that's an organizational shift. I'm just I'm not, you know, we don't have a ton of data to go off of, but it just seems like given some of the moves they made the last couple off seasons, they maybe weren't as focused on power as most teams are. And maybe David Stearns, I could certainly see him trying to be, you know, smartest man in the room and sort of go the other way. And, you know, get guys who are defensive and, you know, your Jackie Bradley juniors and even Colton Wong is not like, I wouldn't describe him as a, you know, a silver slugger. No. Um, he's a capable, you know, he's, I would trust his offense over Jackie Bradley juniors, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's not, you know, Jeff Kent or anything at second base, no. but um, a lot of giants references here. I'm sorry. No, it's um, okay. Sorry. Right. But I, I just, I wonder if it's maybe, maybe they're not as worried about launch angle uh, as, as they were a couple of years ago. And 
Um, with the pitching being as good as it is, maybe they don't, you know, feel like they need to worry about offense and, and mashing and, you know, certainly you'd take it, but um, I just, I'm curious. And it's something that we'll have to monitor as yeah. the year goes on. It just, yeah, you know, it just seems like it's, it's not, it's not, you know, six runs and four homers in a game. It's just a lot of small ball and drawing walks and, you know, then, then getting the timely hit, which is much more exciting baseball, which is why, I mean, the Brewers have been so exciting I yeah. think, to watch the first couple of weeks. Yeah, no. And, and I want to talk about the exciting stuff, but I, I have a couple things off of your points. Hopefully our intrepid uh, Brewers media mafia will do their job and ask about this today, David Stearns. Um, I'm very curious because you bring up a good point. Like they have an awesome pitching staff. They've already built it from a defensive side of it being like, all right, we're going to, you have free reign to pitch whatever the fuck you want. Adrian Hauser, Brett Anderson, you throw as many sinker sliders, get stuff into the ground as you can. Like we got the guys to kind of back you up. You're going to be okay. And then to kind of take that a step further and say, all right, we don't need a ton of runs. We just need a few. And if we give these guys a few, we're going to win a lot of baseball games with our pitching staff. So maybe, yeah, let's not do the launch angle. Let's look at potentially kind of zagging a little bit here and just look at making contact and getting more balls in play. I know that was an emphasis for them. I will say that that was either Council or Andy Haynes said they want to get the balls more in play and they want to make sure that they can sort of make not strike out as much. And I also know there was a lot of guys on that staff that were on the, in the lineup that were wanting redemption from last year that said this was not acceptable. We didn't like how that year went, had a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And so there is a little bit of a revenge tour chip on your shoulder. And the last part of it, Travis Shaw, there was some notes in Fangraph how he fucked up his career because of launch angle. And now it seems like he's kind of reset back to being a guy who's more about hitting the ball kind of more in the ground. And if it goes out, it goes out. And it's it's paying off thus far. You know how the Brewers last week on the podcast, we talked about how they were like second to last in RBI as a team. Yeah. Yeah, they're now up to they're now up to tenth in the in the majors, with 51 runs driven in, and the batting average is still not good as a team, 204 second second worst still in the big leagues, but the on base is like middle of the pack. So the offense is, you know, I think coming around a bit, and uh, I was kind of hard on them last week, but I've seen some promising signs again, just without the pure reliance on home run ball. I just feel like that. You get a little bit from a guy like Luis Arias and some more guys at the bottom of the order. Um, and this offense will, will start to dazzle a little bit. Yeah. I, I was, I almost tweeted out. So I was, I'd watched the beginning part and then I came back in for the Urias at bat and I was ready to like tweet out, like what the hell is what he, Urias doing up here with the bases loaded. And then he had the, he lashed the double and I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Like great call. Unbelievable. Craig council, man. It's crazy. But to your point about having fun. Yeah. I, I mean, this has been a really fun brewer season. It's only 13 games in now. We know that losing streaks will happen and we know that there'll be weeks where it just sucks to watch this team, 
but it hasn't happened yet. And I think after how much of a slog 2020 was, this is a meet. This is more fun than 2020, and that had a 60 game season. And I'm already like, not even thinking about it. Like I forgot. I mentioned this in the podcast yesterday, but like, I forgot Alex Mills no hit us um, until it was brought up on the radio broadcast yesterday. Yeah, completely forgot about. Yeah, it. wild, right? Oh yeah, no, just I. Yeah, it was such a forgettable season. Like it really was. I think that the. The Cubs stuff has, you know, turned, has made it exciting. I think um, that was a great series against the Cubs. Um, and, like, it's just, like, it's for them to acknowledge, like, the rivalry, basically, is kind of a weird feeling. Yeah. Um, or, like, you know, just, I mean, Brewer fans have hated Cubs fans, and Brewers, Brewer fans have hated the Cubs team for years and years and years but it just seems like ever since game 163, that was the beginning of it. And now where it was like, wow, shit, we got to take this organization seriously. And, you know, and then the Wilson Contreras stuff is obviously um, big, but it's like, I found myself, you know, the game Wednesday was like, I'm excited for this game. (laughs) It's like, just because of what happened on Tuesday night. And then, you know, the Brewers did lose on Tuesday night, which, it was a great game, though. It was just a, just a solid overall, um, well-pitched, well-played baseball game. And, you know, I just wanted to see how the Brewers would respond, and they responded in the exact way they should have. I think if it were me being a little bit – if I was managing the Brewers, I probably would have plunked the first guy. Now, Wilson Contreras sitting himself out of the lineup was, was disappointing. Bitch um, boy. That, that took some of the juice out of that game, I think. Um it would have been even sweeter to beat him seven nothing. Um, and but strike him out like Brewers, three times. Yeah, or put one on his butt cheek like a ninety-seven yeah. mile an hour fastball. Oh, yeah. That would have been okay. Um, that's what I would have done. I would have. I mean, first time he comes up, he probably hit in second. Put one on his ass cheek and just drop the glove, and here we go. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, it would it would have been a brawl probably. Oh yeah, um, it would. I mean, I think, I think the next time Contreras gets hit, he's charging. And like, I I got into an argument um, on the book today, uh, Snowtap WI, uh, for those who don't follow me on Facebook, but uh, with a Cubs fan who follows us and was just basically kind of spinning up this conspiracy theory that the Brewers are intentionally trying to hit Wilson Contreras. And he like had all these stats about like the percentages it makes a compelling argument. But I also am like, all right, like, dude, would I, I'll need to like go back and like watch all these. Cause like if it nicks his large fucking elbow pad or he's crowding the plate and he's like, Oh, to be that naive to think it's just about crowding the plate. I'm like, it is though. Like guys who crowd the plate get hit more. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like we're not just going to just give Wilson Contreras free reign to hit dongs and like throw balls over the middle. We're going to pitch him inside because he's crowding the plate and can't, get his arms like he can't get his arms around those pitches so that's why you pitch him in i don't think it's that yeah. hard but apparently it's broken cubs fans brains and i mean their social media team did not help it. they did not help the cause at all and if anything they mm-hmm. stoked the flames and and ex- i thought like i have no problem with fun social media i'm a social media guy that's why i do my day job that said, I probably would not have done a supercut of him getting hit and then the home run 
when he's admitting on live TV that, yeah, we should have probably hit somebody that wasn't the pitcher. That's bad. Can't do that. Like he should probably be suspended. He might, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but it, well, that's, why, that's why, I, that's why I would have come out and hit somebody because you don't throw out the starting pitcher. Oh no. I mean, that's just, that's un, unacceptable. You can throw at Billy McKinney with yeah. you know, all the respect to Billy McKinney, but big bill you can throw, you can throw at the last guy on the, on the roster. Yeah. Um, you don't throw at star players and you don't throw at starting pitchers um, that are just up there because they have to be, you know, you, and you know, God forbid it's your ace. Um, yep. you, you, you don't throw at the, at the ace of the staff and get away with it. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, with, I think with, with Contreras not being in the game, I think that took away some of the, some of the juice. And then obviously the Brewers sort of shit pumped the Cubs and, you know, the game kind of got out of control there in like the sixth inning or whatever that was. Yep. So there was no, you know, yeah, and I, real, I there, real dramatic ending or anything like that. So, I think there was um, something sweet though about Corbin Burns having a two RBI single and just kind of putting the exclamation point on the whole yeah. thing, like just saying, "All right, we're gonna let him hit." And then it almost cocky from Craig Council. He didn't put Corbin Burns back out there. <laughs> you know, he puts in fire eyes, and after that, and it's like, "Oh, we'll let him hit." And then, yeah, we're he's it's seven nothing. We don't need him out there wasting any more pitches. And, and we're, yeah. we're, we're good to go there. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, knowing my luck, Mitch, I am going to be in Austin, Texas next, uh, next weekend when the Brewers and Cubs get together for the third time this April, I guarantee yeah, you right. I'll miss the brawl. I guarantee you I will. That's just, I mean, Woodruff pitches on Saturday as I, if everything goes right, no one gets scratched or no, nothing gets shifted around right now you have Woodruff pitching on Saturday. So that's the one to kind of keep an eye on and circle of potential. Here we go. Uh, by the way, also Corbin Burns against the San Diego Padres next Tuesday night, nine o'clock. That that's one. Keep, keep the radio on uh, late night for you. And uh, hopefully you get to at least listen to the, the few innings of Corbin. Yeah, that's going to have to. Oh yeah. I uh, I used to fall asleep to baseball all the time when I was a kid or like post game show and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big nerd. You know, that's just what 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 I did. But you know, the late night games, it's a little too late when you were you were a youngster. Um, but yeah, nine o'clock, Burns versus the uh, Padres, although they're not the same Padres because there's no no Tatis. Although it could be actually I think Fernando Tatis is gonna be back on Friday against the Dodgers. That's what they're expecting if he has no setbacks. So it looks like the Brewers will get Tatis next next week. Speaking of injuries, got, oh, go ahead. I say we got Pad- Padres and Dodgers this weekend, huh? Yeah, yeah, Padres, Dodgers. I don't know if it's on any national um, broadcast, but uh, yeah, Padres, Dodgers this weekend. So that's a it's a good little little nugget on the weekend. You also have your Milwaukee Bucks in action on Saturday against Memphis. Before that, they play Atlanta. Tonight on TNT, uh, the Bucks have now what they've won two straight now after after losing a couple. Um, they yeah. are through their soft part of their schedule. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo has not played for almost two weeks, um, battling a knee injury that we don't know a lot about. And it does seem though like Giannis is getting closer. He fully practiced on Tuesday. I think a lot of people thought maybe he could come back on Wednesday. 
but the team decided to rest him another day, which was smart because Timberwolves didn't have Carol Anthony Towns. I think the Bucks B squad could have won this game. I think it would have been close, but I think they could have won. And now we get the Bucks and Hawks tonight, and this starts a trend for Milwaukee where they're basically just playing playoff teams the rest of the way. So the playoffs really should begin now for the Bucks in the sense of they play a lot of teams that a lot of teams they could see in the playoffs, including Brooklyn, including Philadelphia. I think Miami's thrown in there once or twice. And Atlanta tonight, where Atlanta's a potential 3-6 matchup for the Bucks. But who knows if it's actually going to be this way because the rest stuff has kind of come back to life after not really seeming to be a thing for, you know, last year because of the bubble. But two years ago, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And Adam Silver had done some things against it after, you know, 2018. But it just seems like everybody's sort of resting and we don't we don't really have guys that are, are playing. And it just seems like a, almost like a fuck you to the league for, you know, trying to force the season in. So I, I ask you, is it is it playoff time for the Bucs or is it going to be this sort of, well, they're playing this good team, but Giannis or Chris is sitting for this game? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of big games pretty much the rest of the way. Um, God, we only have, what, 18 games left? Yeah, it's games crazy, left. man. That's wild. And it's it's in about the span of 30 days. Um, so pretty much, I mean, the Hawks probably going to, might see them in the first round. Um, there are some games that, you know, that you would maybe look at as some rest dates, um, if you will, like their Rockets game, but for the most part, it is, it is tough game, tough games coming up. I just, I hope that we're done with the, um, resting all the starters at once stuff. I think that was, that was, that was cute once. And then you did it again, like 10 days later and, or it was like, what, I guess 13 days later. Yeah. I backed but, basically a sandwich of the road trip. So before the road trip rested, everybody after the road trip rested, everybody. Right. So maybe that was planned. I mean, pretty much. Could have been. Um, I guess I never thought about it like that where, you know, it was a certainly on the way back. It was a back to back. Um, but I'm just, I just don't really want to do that where you rest all the starters at once, maybe give one or two of them a night off. And hopefully you see something more like that the rest of the way, but I would prefer to be full strength against those, against the Sixers and Nets and those two, those two series. Those are all home games. Um, luckily, other than that, really outside of those games, I don't really care, I guess, what they do with the lineups but I just, I need to see as full strength as possible um, against those teams. Now on Wednesday night, you have the Sixers and the, and the Nets doing battle. Um, the Nets resting, I don't know, resting is the word, but guys who are nicked up that aren't, that aren't playing. Injury management. And I wonder if part of it, I, yeah, you know, injury management, whatever. Um, I wonder if part of it is like, they don't want to show too much. Like, is that a thing in basketball? It could be, um, you know, I, I think Brooklyn is just content with being the two or the three seed and they're fine with it. And they're, they're confident in their abilities, which they haven't won a damn thing. So I, I admire 
I admire the bravado uh, of Brooklyn, mm-hmm. but you know, as you said, I, I agree with you. I want those guys playing in those big games because right now the bucks are three and a half. I think if they win, if when Brooklyn, I assume they're losing, um, if Brooklyn yeah, loses, uh, the bucks will be two and a half back of the two seed. I'm pretty sure. And those, if you win three out of those four games, you could bolt yourself to the two seed. And some people could be like, Charlie, why does the two seed matter? Well, game seven, it's really that simple. Game seven against Brooklyn is probably, we want it to be at your house. And who knows, maybe there'll be more fans allowed. I know Milwaukee is kind of freaking out about the variants, whatever. We don't need to dive into that. But, you know, let's, let's sort of see and see if we can push for that two seed and maybe push for the one seed. I don't think they'll get the one seed. I think it's probably too hard of a hill to climb, but you never know, especially with the Sixers and their injury history. You know, I don't want the Sixers to get injured. I want everybody to be full strength. I want to play the Sixers and the Nets at full strength. I I don't want to play them with one of the guys down. I want to play everybody and get a true look so we know what to expect. And if we don't get that, then we're robbed of it. And the fans keep kind of getting robbed. I get that hardens out with an injury, but there's the Kyrie personal stuff, man. It's I, I get it. I know like he's an introspective dude, but no other, there's not a lot of places that would allow for that. And because he's in hold up in Brooklyn, it's not a story. If they were the Knicks, do you know how big of a story that this Kyrie Irving stuff would be? It'd be massive. People would be like, where's Kyrie? Why isn't he playing? And he just doesn't get admonished, which I don't know why. And I, I just want Brooklyn and Philly to bring their best. And if the Bucs lose all four games, which God forbid, that's a big like panic button podcast that we'd have to have. Okay, then at least maybe we know where we stand and we can level set ourselves into the playoffs. But I, I want to know, and I don't want to have these almost, and I, I'm going to use the word again, but I don't want to have this disingenuous victories. I don't want to have these victories that just mean nothing and that I can't like look at and say, all right, well, we beat Brooklyn twice, but uh, Kyrie was out for one of them. Harden was out for the other. Katie didn't play in either. I'm like, fuck that. Bring your best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but that's kind of my point, though, about like the, you know, not showing too much, you know, oh, yeah. I'm just thinking out loud where it's like, you know, do these teams maybe not want to have full, not want to be full strength in order to, I guess, play possum or just not, not show or not, you know, I just, I feel like there might be something to that where, you know, a coach might not, might not want to play their full, their full cards right off the bat if they think they might see them down the road. Um, but there again, I mean, then that waters down the regular season even more than, than we already have. Um, you know, it's kind of been, it's kind of been the season from hell with the NBA, but what do we expect with, with COVID and everything? I mean, I'm, I'm happy we're getting the games in, but it is kind of an FU to the league, I think. And it's, it's not fair to, to anybody, really. It's not, it's, I mean, what's the league supposed to do? Drag this thing out until you know, August again or September again. And then we're well, doing this all over again. Like, oh, I'm not going to turn around and come back and play, you know, yeah. in October. 
Yeah. And, and I just don't understand like how these guys, like, I just think the players think they're way more important than they actually are. Like they can't understand that this season's like at some point you have to re re-sign the calendar. Yeah. Next, next, next time around, you're not going to have a bunch of back to backs and you're not going to play four games in six. The league has said that they're going to try to avoid that in a normal season and next year yeah. should be normal. And you should have herd immunity all over the country. The NBA wants full, full arenas next year. They've said that, um, you should probably be all right. Maybe you're vaccinated. Maybe you're not. And I do wonder, I, I guess this, is it too much of an old man yells at cloud take to be like, these guys shouldn't be fucking pouting and should be just playing basketball. Or do I sound like a geezer? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree. It's just, I just, it's I like, agree yeah, with you that it, it sucks. Can I we agree suck with- it up for a I, I just wish they could suck it up for a month and, you know, but then again, you see a guy like Jamal Murray get blow out his knee and that's, but that's just such a freak accident, but yeah, it was end of know, game. Shit that, happens. Yeah. And that was, you know, it stuff does happen, but people see that and they're like, well, maybe it's a good thing. We're sitting Giannis for, you know, a couple extra weeks or a couple extra games, you know, and, um, but you can't, you know, you can't plan for that or, or, you know, try to avoid that or you'll just have a terrible product. <laughs> yeah. And right now they do. I mean, you talk about it and you're a normal sports fan and you maybe, maybe don't have a significant other where you have to worry about, you know, sharing the TV and you're like, all right, that's Sixers. Like, here we go. Get Luca and Ja in the, in the nightcap. But I, I have trouble watching the Mavericks as uh, Luca has developed. I like watching Luca play. I can't watch Luca the person because all he does is bitch and it drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. And I just can't handle like I would rather have Luca sit at this point. I just don't like the I, I don't want to do I don't want to do play by play, but Brooklyn's on a twenty one to two run. <laughs> and they have with two minutes left, they've got it to like a one possession game. I mean, that would be very silly. This would be very so, Philly if they if they lost this game. If they lost this game, that would be extremely on brand for the old Sixers. The old Sixers lose this game. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. I well, my last thought on Dallas was I. It's hilarious that uh, Mark Cuban and Luca are saying how the playing game is a mistake now. Um, because they played too many games. It was voted on unanimously. Everybody was for it. But the fact that Dallas happens to be the seventh seed and is like, oh, this isn't fair. Come on, guys. Right. <laughs> like, well, sorry, that's you suck. the reason that's that's the incentive to go get the sixth seed then. Yeah, and I Same. and I think they actually will. I, I don't know. I Portland, I feel like Portland's a team that just beats up on bad teams. I actually kind of think the Heat are that way too. I know everybody's kind of scared of the big bad heat. But has anyone actually like watched the Heat this year? There, I mean, the the Bucks have Drew Holiday, the Heat. Tyler Harrow has had like an out of body experience in the bubble. Jay Crowder isn't there. Uh, Duncan Robinson Iggy's a year older. Yeah, Iggy is a fossil. Yeah, Jimmy Butler can hit some clutch shots, but like, does anyone does any has anyone watched this Heat team? Like, they got waxed by the Suns last night. 
and the Suns, I mean, are, are good, but I think the Bucks are as good as the Suns. And the Suns just absolutely shit pumped them. And they play the Nuggets tonight. I think they have a better shot against the Nuggets this evening, but, well, you know, just, just don't think that every year it's like apples to apples. Yeah. Frankly, I'd be more scared of Toronto. But I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure we have to worry about that. Well, Toronto is beating San Antonio tonight, and they have, like, none of their guys. So, I mean, just NBA is weird. Um, it's a uh, silly season, as always. But does, like, does Toronto have seriously that big of problems with COVID? No, they just are, they're just resting guys because they have a bunch of guys that are banged up. Like, uh, Van Vliet has a hip injury. Kyle Lowry has an ankle um, I don't know what who else has. I know they they're missing a bunch of guys. I think Bembry's not playing tonight. Um, yeah, it's it's a who's who of not playing. But it, Siakam's playing, Boucher's playing, OG's playing. Yeah, they're up eighty eight eighty five here in the fourth against uh, a fully functional San San Antonio team, just not playing well. Uh, the Spurs. Yeah. What are you going to do? All right, let's move on to the Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers fatigue. So before we started the show, Mitch was like, hey, can we not talk about Aaron Rodgers? And I was like, yeah, all right. We won't talk about Aaron Rodgers. I'm fine with that. Like, it's not a big deal. I think we're all burned out. I mean, we, we get that he's been on Jeopardy for eight days now, and people are covering it, like, every day. Like, it's the Nuremberg trials or something like that. And... And then there are news about Aaron Rodgers being traded. There was a guy today that from the athletic that decided to just take a big old long rip before taping his podcast. And we're like, what if Denver just decided to trade everything to get Aaron Rodgers? And I'm like, what fucking planet are we on? Like, it just, people are so just needing content. And we've talked about this. And so I don't mean to repeat myself, but it's, it's just so frustrating to like go through this every day of like, it's one thing after another and it just does not stop. You know, let's, let's look at the timeline of this week, Mitch. And it's only Thursday, early part of the week. Anonymous agent was like Packers are, are being held back by the Aaron Rodgers contract negotiation with free agency. Now, this agent also noted that he tried to get a guy signed with the Packers. So I'm shocked that this agent was trying to push the Packers to free up more money and said, oh, well, it's Aaron Rodgers' fault. Even though I think it's pretty clear the Packers are going to wait till the draft and understand what's going on. Then today, you had a few things. You had Charles Woodson say, well, they're going to go to a messy divorce. Now, apparently, there's a bridge burned and I didn't realize the Packers burned any bridges in a 13 and three season where they went to the fucking NFC championship game. Rogers won MVP never really sounded like he was in bad spirits once all year, no pouty Rogers. And yet apparently the bridge has been burned Mitch. Um, and I, I just, I, I don't know how much more I can take of this. Like I, I, and, and we still have fucking four months it's going to be just awful. They just can't help themselves. Well, we just need the draft to get here. I think um, where people can just be thrown off the scent a little bit Yeah. of, of that, just they're not going to go back to the well anymore. Um, and we are kind of getting to that where 
we're close enough to the draft where the, where the talk is, you know, it's wall to wall on ESPN and stuff like that. But it's also, we're far enough away that you just get, you're getting uh, just weird takes on, on draft prospects and stuff. And then you have, I guess you got to manufacture headlines with Aaron Rodgers. And there's just, there's just too many podcasts out there, I think, and too many, too many aggregators. And every time someone says something on, on a, on a podcast or a radio show, it's just, it's just, it just, it just gets people run with it for the day. And so the talking heads have, have a segment to kill. I don't know. It's just, it's just national stuff that, you know, seeps into our lives that we don't care about because we know it's, it's just hogwash because I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't on the trade block, right? At this no. point. So no. um, maybe next year. Yeah. Next year, it could be a conversation if nothing changes. Yeah. He's in a lame duck year or they, so, they, they ride it out. I think I saw like, you know, Aaron Nagler, obviously the patron state of, of Packer Twitter said, yeah, he's, he, he's the gatekeeper. Yeah. Um, who also had a weird take about vaccinations, but I won't get into that. Um, and the NFL players, but I, I won't, I won't go down that route. Uh, it was an odd take from a guy who's very player empowerment. Um, and we, it was weird, but anyways, he said like, look, it drives people crazy that they don't know the timeline. They don't know what the Packers have planned. What I think the Packers aren't at, at like kind of equating in, and maybe they are, but like we live in such a culture where I think Jordan Love will spend one more year on the bench, and then Jordan Love will be like, either you guys play me or I'm I'm out. Like I'll I'll request the trade. Like I don't care about this Aaron Rodgers guy. Like I need to play. And they say, oh, he'll wait. Like I don't know, man. Have you watched what happened in football? Like. Everybody was a Preston trade this offseason. Became the NBA. And I think it hurts Aaron Rodgers that, like, the Russell Wilson news is that he's going to be a Seahawk. Deshaun Watson, I don't know who's going to play next year. Um, and going through a very serious legal battle. And so that's that leaves Aaron Rodgers. That leaves Aaron Rodgers as the only one to talk about. And the fact that, to your point about the NFL draft, there's no drama at number one or number two. We know it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. We know it's going to be Zach Wilson. Starts at three with the Niners, whether it's Justin Fields or Mac Jones or even Trey Lance. And then, and then where does it go from there? So I, I they think take Mac Jones at three. That's that's just that's a mistake. I mean, that's Kyle Shanahan showing his dick. I mean, that's Kyle Shanahan just saying, "All right, you want you want to see something cool? Watch this." I will say this about Kyle Shanahan, though. It's worth Bears repeating. Kyle Shanahan had made Matt Ryan into an MVP. He likes Kirk Cousins for some reason. Mac Jones kind of gives off those kind of vibes, right? Like. Yeah, statue. Statue kind of personality. He has a little bit of cockiness like Cousins. Um, He's not as much of a goober as Cousins is. But, like. The fact is, is like he just has done that. I mean, Murph and I, though, I think the nightmare for Murph and I have done a lot of draft stuff and we'll do more is the fact that Justin Fields goes to the Niners. That that's like, yeah, put it, put a knife in my stomach and just call it because I'm not going to be placed. 
I would probably take Fields over Zach Wilson. Oh yeah. Um, I I just don't. It just seems like if you're the Jets and you need a culture change, is Zach Wilson really your guy? You know, it's it's Trubisky. It's, like it's Trubisky six... all over again. It's we're just doing the exact same thing just a few years later. It's amazing. I He's can't like believe six it's to one a buck eighty. I mean, I, I just this is the NFL. Yeah, I mean, and again, this isn't. No, go ahead. This ain't in brother. No, I mean, shout out to Dan Hawkins. I mean, but the thing is, is like, and and like again, geezer take, but wasn't a team captain as a quarterback? Kind of odd. Not not yeah. exactly what you want. Like the last guy that was like that was your boy Connor Cook. Never forget. Um, I'm sure I think that BYU BYU marches to the beat of their own drum. Well, that is true. I mean, they're a bunch of soakers, so you gotta gotta take that in for what it's worth. So yes, that that is true. Um, BYU is a different animal in more in more ways than one. Let's just put it that way. Um, the fact that Jamal Williams went to BYU is nothing short of hilarious. I, I mean, I know he I know he got in trouble there, but you know, of course, because. You can't imagine Jamal Williams, you know, and it wasn't anything bad, of course, you know, which. Well, I mean, you can't do anything there. So. No. You can't be a college kid. You have to be a, you're going to church every day. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as like Oral Roberts where you have like a prayer circle and I'm not sure if they were like allowed to even like celebrate a victory, like dance or if they were, you know, they had to keep a couple inches for Christ, but yeah. Um, also since we're kind of just, dovetailing and just kind of on on the last few few fumes did you see the guy that got punched by Aaron Donald I did see that picture yeah oh, oh my god like like what an idiot what a yeah, what, idiot. What, well like yeah who the why the fuck are you trying to pick on Aaron Donald like what good <laughs> does that come up who how fucking confident do you have to be to be like you know what I'm gonna talk shit to Aaron Donald like that's that's like some real life confidence shit. That's like that's like some dude going up to like someone working at like a gentleman's club and be like, "Hey, just come home with me. I don't care. Like, I'll w- whatever. Like, come on, man. You gotta. You can't. You can't be that dumb. Unbelievable. And he, now he's suing him, of course, because he got a just a punch right to the eye. Dude deserved it. I don't care. <laughs> I, I really don't. And then you have Brad Davidson coming back. And my God, I can't believe that people are actually happy for this. I was reading the mentions of the uh, the post and everyone's just fucking thrilled. And I'm just like, God damn. The Wisconsin cult, man, is strong. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, it <sighs> is. And like, was were people surprised that he, I mean, was was there ever a doubt that he was that he wasn't coming back? Well, I made the case that that uh, Greg Gard shouldn't allow him back because he he was a fucking detriment to the team. Yeah. Now well, I know is. I know that you know our, our good friend Doe's my best man, uh, avid Badger fan, my biggest troll. It's in his bio. Um, said like, oh, it brings leadership and all this stuff, and I was like. Like, well, how are him? Aren't him and Johnny Davis the same position? He didn't understand my question. He was like, "Oh, they're good friends, whatever." I'm like, "No, no, no, that's not the question. The question is, is like, 
can they start in the same lineup? I don't, I don't know. You know, I know Johnny's a little taller than him, but like, why if Brad holds you back? And like, there were some, like, I never really sought these rumors out and I, I'm not trying to spread rumors, Mitch here, but like, there were some people who like the guard Davidson relationship was an interesting one. And, Felt like there were players who felt like guard favored Davidson over other players. It, but, I mean, the young guys seem to be on board. I know, like, Chucky Hepburn and Matthew Moores, who are both freshmen coming in, were like, so great to learn from you, bro. Oh, this is going to be lit. Like, whatever. Great. Like, cool. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that was what they said. I'm not uh, – it was close. I, I know. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. I'm on the Wisconsin basketball Twitter page. Yeah. And, yeah, it's – uh it's fine. It's, like, it's, 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 you know, the Badgers would never go fully young, would they? I mean, so they're probably. Well, they're they, fine have two, they have two roster spots open. I'm going to do like a longer thing on their website about the pros and cons. It's like Craig Gard was very critical of transfers. We talked about it on this show a couple weeks ago. And I, I mean, now I don't know if transfers are going to come, but there's also like a thousand fucking guys in the portal. One guy will probably want to come to Wisconsin who's worth a damn. I don't know. I would rather just take my chance. Theo John? <laughs> the ultimate backstab. No, I don't think Theo would. I, Theo's probably going to play in Kazakhstan. He's fine. <laughs> uh, Kobe McEwen's at uh, Weber State. Weber Jamal, State. Jamal Kane went to Oakland, um, Michigan, not, not California. Uh, right. Horizon League shout out. So you'll be seeing Jamal Kane when when you watch your Panthers as a proud alumni. Uh, what about Greg Elliott? Is he still out there? I don't know. He's still I don't, playing. I don't know he if done? he's in the. I don't know if he's in the portal. I haven't checked that. But I saw a crazy thing today that DePaul, Minnesota, and Texas Tech have nine scholarship guys in the portal. That's incredible. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, Minnesota had a coaching change, right? Yeah, they all did. All three of them did. But I yeah. mean, nine is—I mean, that's impressive. And I—and I, I give credit to Shaka Smart, who was able to keep every one of their guys. Dawson Garcia is going to test the waters, but he hasn't—he's not in like any mock drafts. I went—I looked through like three to see if like he was hovering, and he isn't even hovering. So I think what he's doing, which I think is smart is he's just going to like work out, get a bunch of feedback, be like, what do I need to improve? And then come back next season. But I don't know. Sometimes those guys are, sometimes those guys are delusional and they stay in and they're like, Oh no, this guy told us he's going to draft me in the second round. And then you end up playing in in Barcelona and you wonder how it happened. Who's uh, who's the guy last year that, that that out of nowhere went to the, for Marquette. Oh, Um, Brennan Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Brennan Bailey playing? That's a great question. I I get a lot of SEO hits on that, like a lot of search traffic uh, stuff I, I'll get about where Brennan Bailey is, um, which is crazy because, yeah, Brennan Bailey, that talk about a guy just out of touch. Where is he playing? I can't find it. Uh, I just pull up his Instagram. He just had a kid. Congrats. Oh, wow. Literally a couple days ago. He's playing for somebody. I, NFT basketball. I don't know what that is. TFT. Interesting. I mean, or you have like Diamond Stone. Diamond Stone is, is an example of somebody who probably um, 
should have hung around for another year and oh yeah did not did not have a very prosperous nba career like we thought he would and i don't know what he's doing <laughs> uh, yeah. happens all the time i mean you know we, we only see the people that actually make it and there are thousands of players that you know flame out or end up in you know mexico playing playing in their professional basketball league or something and there's nothing wrong with that but um not everybody makes it uh, yeah he's playing in he's i think he's playing for ktft which is in north macedonia which is in eastern fucking europe so yeah. hey you know what do you man um good luck they're, they're There's only code. a couple places in Eastern Europe I'd want to be. And I don't think North Macedonia. Well, North Macedonia might be okay. They're, they're, they beat German. They beat they beat Germany in a friendly soccer match. They did like the other day. Their head coach is named Boros Smigovsky. Looks definitely like he's killed a man before. Shout out to Boro. Shout out to Brendan Bailey. Shout out to the Aaron Rodgers haters. Shout out to Wilson Contreras. That crybaby fuck. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. I don't know. Next week, weird because we got Austin, and then we got the draft. So we'll, we're gonna figure some stuff out here. Uh, we got a got a lot to uh, to plan. So stay tuned. Uh, but daily tap tomorrow. Um, Murph will be uh, back with the manifesto, and we'll uh, we'll have a few other things, of course, on a on a Friday. So uh, take care, guys, and have yourself a great day. Back tomorrow, next week. See you. Yeah.